0: All right. So last week you talked about the night of the. Oh, the tiger. The tiger. You don't know, so she's gonna tell you about it. The yeah. night of the tiger. Oh, it's like what happens? Tiger comes. Somebody dies. But then. So is it really a tiger? What is it? They think it's a demon. They think it's a demon spirit. Well, Bruchko thinks it's a demon. Right, right. A demon coming in and doing what? What's he say? He says um, we're gonna come in and we're I'm gonna, gonna kill you. we're gonna kill you every time they <laughs> that they hear this demon while they're in the in the jungle. Somebody, somebody, it, somebody yeah. dies. Except for the most recent time it came. Because Bobby did... A song. Bobby did a song. And he was like... Ah. And, and he then was, the tiger didn't count. And then Noah, it's the first time ever that nobody died from the tiger because he was putting his trust in God and not his worry in all the other things that could possibly happen. All right? And then they were... The witch doctor we talked about that right and the witch doctor they used we talked about that two weeks ago they were using medicine and you remember man antibiotics for the eyes they used antibiotics for the eyes oh he got yeah and you got a snake bite right was like, oh no we don't have any more Antivenom, venom and they're like We well, gave him antibiotics and he's fine and Virgil's like, whoa! Right, because they, every time the piece was important because when the modalones administered medicine they also prayed right? And they said we did what we could do Hear God, do what you will do with it, right? So each time that's what happened so the guy, Abba Ebba Kayara, Ebba whatever his name is, and fell out of the hammock. Broke his back. Broke his back, right? Oh, yeah, and he, he was went like, to you need to go to the hospital. Yep, they, they took him like, to the hospital. And then, and, then then like, like, around, and then he was like running around, and the nurse was like, You won't let go. And he's like, I'm fine. <laughs> Three days later, after they prayed for him, all of a sudden they can't even find a single fracture after he had broken. Uh, his spine. So it was a miracle. a miracle. And really, what you find is in places where God, is, the gospel, or we'll call them, um, we'll call them like pioneer places, like out west on the frontier, right? When our country caught, co- our countrymen crossed to the frontier where There was little medicine, there was little things, just like God looks at that, I think oftentimes, when missionaries are out on the frontier in brand new places, they don't have all those things, and God oftentimes does very special miracles. These are real people, these really happened, these real things happened to Bruchko and all these people. There were also times when um, other missionaries went and brought Bibles into China, They had a car, trunk full of them. And when they got to the border, they said, we're going to check your car. And the military officers went and opened up the truck, looked at all the Bibles, shut the trunk and says, okay, you're clear. They never saw them. The whole trunk full of Bibles. And they never saw them. Because God basically said, you're not going to see it. I can hold you from seeing those things. So God can do a miracle on places where he wants his gospel preached, right? So he does do that. And they've also talked about some places in the jungle where they didn't have uh, like wine or grape juice and they were trying to do communion and they would put water in the cups and they would come back and they'd be wine. It it just change. So God can do miracles when the gospel is being preached or when people are fighting to do that, God does choose often to do miracles in these times. But there are also times of sadness and sorrow, all right? And God doesn't always do miracles and God has a plan regardless of what he's doing, okay? So we are gonna start off when God has been doing so many miracles and so many good things. And then along comes something sad. Okay. So Bobby has a great trial. And one of his greatest trials are his daughter gets sick. They take his daughter. They take his daughter to the hospital. Right, They take his daughter to the hospital, and when she's there, Bobby leaves her at the hospital and says, I've got to go back and take care of the rest of my family, and the doctors are going to have to take care of this young girl. So Bruchko says, I'm going to go out, and I am going to, um, I'm going to go and see what I can do. So Bruchko goes up out there, and as soon as he gets to the doctor, he says, well, I don't think we have much we can do. And within a couple of days she dies. It is. He goes back and Bobby becomes totally emotionless. He walks out into the jungle and he doesn't come back for a day. He's so sad that no matter what they can't snap him out of it. He doesn't show any emotion. His wife uh, is almost ready to have a baby a Couple of days away and his wife ends up having the baby and he kind of says oh there She is That's it has another daughter a baby daughter because she he's so sad from it all, but he just can't show any of this emotion So Bobby has undergone a great trial Okay so not only you have the miracles, right, miracles on the frontier, but you also see, and this is one of Bobby's greatest trials, is these trials come along. Now, why do trials come? To test your faith. Well, some, yes, that's true. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, this is a little bit, he finally starts, after a while, Bobby starts to notice his young baby daughter and gets a little bit of joy back in, but it took some time to get over the greatest sorrow that was basically paralyzing him from functioning at all. From his his older daughter that had passed away. So Hebrews chapter number four, verse number fifteen and sixteen, in hopes that we can understand a little bit better what is going on with a trial. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. 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 Sir, a it's in okay. Was in all points tempted, like as we are yet without sin 16 chapter 4 hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time all right there are several things in this first of all talks about a high priest What do we know about the high priest, the Jewish high priest? He has a job. We know one famous job that he has. Oh, he wears jingle bells into the... He wears jingle bells. Yes, not like Rudolph, but he wears jingle bells into the center of the temple or the tabernacle. He goes into that cubed room, the Holy of Holies. Of Holies, right? This is the holy place. And this is where... There's incense and the table with special bread on it. And the candlestick, okay, like the Jewish menorah candlestick, is lit all the time. The priests are always to keep this Jewish bread always ready, like as a a sacrifice. Keep this lit, the candles lit, and burn. There's like an altar of incense. So they're constantly doing that. All the priests are allowed into the holy place. So that is like approaching God but you're still on this side of the veil. This veil was a sewn piece of the temple. Sewn, and they said it was, it was fabric that was woven. It was one inch thick. That's very thick. You don't want anything. It was all embroidered and with angels and all sorts of crazy things there, but it was one inch thick. And when they set this temple up, Once they put the curtain across, you were not allowed to cross that curtain, except for the high priest. One time a year, and he was offering sacrifice for himself to begin with, and then for the nation, and then he was to go into the Holy of Holies and approach the Ark of the Covenant. Don't you bite me. That's the box. Yeah. That's a box that has the angels kneeling and their wings Going touch, here. right? Mm-hmm. Their angels are kneeling here and, and their wings are chair. touching. Uh, and it becomes. Don't worry about that. I was trying to go in my shirt. I don't want to kill it. There we go. I don't have to worry about it anymore. Okay. So the the holy of holies has that box called the ark of the covenant. God's presence will come and sit on that top. It's called the Shekinah glory. But you can't walk into the presence of God without dying. The, whole, the, the high priest was allowed to approach him, go around the curtain one time a year. If his heart was not right, yes, that's why he wore jingle bells, he wore things on his, on his clothes, tied a rope to him because if he didn't come out in a couple days, they basically pulled him out. Days? He may be in there. Some, some high priests were in that temple having uh, in the presence of God for weeks sometimes. They went in one time. Okay? Just like Mo- Moses was up on the mountainside for 40 days Okay, in the presence of God. So if you approach him incorrectly, so the priest needs to understand God and he needs to understand the people and he's going for forgiveness for the people. All right? He needs to understand the problems that the people have. Now that says that verse says we have not a high priest. So we have a high priest who can be touched by the feelings of our infirmities. What's an infirmity? Infirmity, probably don't know. Is it like a Okay, infirmary is like a place we go if you're hurt. If you're hurt or sick, so it's our sicknesses, right? Our sicknesses, our problems. Okay, so our high priest, it says, can be understands, can be touched by the feelings of our infirmities. So he is empathetic, right? He feels our feelings. He understands their struggles. Because, who is our high priest? Jesus. Jesus Jesus is our high priest, right? And he understands what it's like to be a human. Why? Because he was one. Because he was one. And did he have struggles when he was a human? Yes. Did he have a home to live in? No, all the time. He lived in friends' homes. That was it. He had no place to actually live, ever, until once he grew up, he left his home and he had no place to live, okay? He lost his father when he was young. He lived in a lot of struggling times and ultimately, he was rejected and despised and killed. Killed for something he didn't do. But he did it out of love and so he understands the hardships of being a human he understands what it's like to be alone it says in the garden of gethsemane that all his best friends all his disciples that he had on earth forsook him that means they left him they abandoned him and ran away okay they were afraid they they abandoned him and ran away and left him alone to be arrested that's a pretty lonely feeling. He understands all those things. And so he is the perfect high priest for us because he can approach God directly. We still can't approach God directly. We approach through Jesus Christ. That's why he's our high priest. Now, he is, right? He is God. And so that's why the temple veil tore in half when he When he died because he says now you can come right to me and I will speak to the father on behalf of you every time so you approach God but had to be through Christ who was that human and he's our high priest so now that we have that position we have that place that we can go and approach Jesus approach God through Jesus God the Father then It says, now let's go boldly up to the throne of grace. Not because we deserve it, but because Jesus is merciful. And we can find mercy and grace to help in the time of need. So, oftentimes, hardships bring about a better understanding of what other people are going through. And God will often use in your life. Times when you go through hardships, whether it's growing up in a certain household, doing things, going without um, something in your life, whether it's a struggle that you have in your life, whether you have sickness, um, whatever it is, there are others out there who, once you have gone through those things, you can now empathize with them. I've gone through those hard times, and so I can empathize. That means I understand what you're saying. And I don't say, eh, you'll be fine. I say, it's hard, and I'm here for you, and I'm listening to you, and you can talk to me about it. Okay? And that's what a good empathetic friend does. Jesus has that. So why does Bobby, and I'm not saying I uh, pretend to understand everything why, but one thing Bobby goes through and does when he loses his daughter, he now understands and becomes more um, more empathetic towards other people. Remember, the Motalone Indians are not empathetic; they do their own thing for their own family, and they really don't have much connection beyond it, even though they all live in one big communal hut. He's they they don't really care. It says some one one family got a whole bunch to eat one day and the next the next family over in there has not much that day and they don't share. They throw their stuff out and they go starving. So Bobby begins through these trials to reach out to other motor loans in lots of other places and so this is a time where he's growing even though he went through a great hardship, that hardship teaches, just like Christ is our high priest, it teaches you to be a better Christian, to be helpful, more kind towards other people. It's easy to be harsh towards other people if you don't understand anything. Much, much harder uh, to be kind always to people, to try to put yourself in their shoes. So that's, that's what you try to get from. So Bobby goes along, and while he and Bruchko are going from camp to camp, he sees a young boy whose parents both died. So he comes up with Odo after his daughter dies, right? Odo is the young boy. He's just, I think he's five or six years old, something like that. And Bobby says, we're going to take him along with us. Bruchko says, we don't need him. He's going to be in the way. No, Bobby, we're we're going to take him along with us, Bobby says. He's coming with us. Because he understands what it's like to be left alone. And now he understands what it's like to lose somebody special to him. And so he's much more willing to gather that young boy and says, let's help him out. Even when Bruchko doesn't necessarily understand that much. At that point in his life. But Bruchko too will grow. Okay? Bruch, time will come when Bruchko will have a lot of growth. So Bobby adopts Odo and he becomes part of the family. This is one thing you need to understand about God. Let's turn to Matthew, chapter number 10, verse 29. We'll be reading some passages from the book shortly. Uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 29. <laughs> this is the way God thinks about you. 29, 30, and 31. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without my Father? Chapter 10, verse 30 of Matthew. You there yet? Here, we'll come back to you. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore ye are of more value than many sparrows. Okay, so here we have, Jesus tells a little bit of a story to understand. He says, two sparrows, do you guys know what a sparrow is? It's, the kind of bird. it's a bird. How many sparrows are out More than one. All of them are outside, all except the ones that live inside of Home Depot, right? (laughs) Right. So, sparrows are the most, almost the most common bird around. I've seen them, they're really cute. They were living in like the roof of my house. Yep. They're little and brown and gray usually. If you put out bird food, There'll be hundreds of them there and one can't or two. Hop around. Little brown ones. Oh, okay. Little brown ones. They've got a white <laughs> chest, they have some brown streaks and a brown hat on their head kind of. If thing. you go into the okay. uh, small garden section of Walmart, you'll probably see a bunch of them up there. They're up in there, they're all over the place. They're very, very common. Someone will actually come down and land right next to a human. Yep. Some of them almost got stepped on. So here's the thing. Truthfully, you don't know how many sparrows there are out there. And if there are two less, if there's one or two less that, than there was five minutes ago, you couldn't tell me. You couldn't tell me where they died. You couldn't tell me anything about it. I mean, if right? they died they were in front of us, we could. <laughs> Maybe, but, but you don't keep track of them because you really, you say, oh, they're cute. But you don't really care enough to keep track of every one of them. There's right? There you are know, 50 million sparrows in the world. There are millions and millions and millions, yes. I don't know how many, but there are many, many millions of sparrows and they are all across many nations. Lots of different types of sparrows, but God says here, you don't even take notice if a couple of birds drop away, right? You you couldn't tell me how many or less, but he says, I pay so close attention to you that I know not only all about you, but I have counted the hairs on your head. Now, how many hairs are on your head today versus tomorrow? Probably Whatever less. doesn't fall out. Less, but then you grow more in, right? Yeah. yeah. Whatever yeah, not, maybe, a little, maybe, yeah. maybe a little less. Maybe a little less, maybe a little more. When you get older, you'll get a little less. Yeah. Right? <laughs> my father said that to me once. And then she pulled the hair out of my head and she said, No, there's one that's not Oh, there. wow. So, but let me tell you this. God knows how many hairs are on your head every moment. If three fall out, he knows. If a hundred fall out, he knows. It's crazy because he knows how many are on my head, your head, your head, your head, your head. That's a bit creepy, honestly. (laughs) But the whole point is he knows so much. You don't know how many hairs are on your own head. Right? Let's pull them all out. <laughs> it would take a lot, and I don't want to call it pull any of them out because it hurts when you pull them out. Okay? So. Does it feel some hurt? Yes. I don't feel anything. Well, it must be I very special. All right, maybe I do. Maybe that's it. Oh, okay, all right, sets of scalps for guys. Okay. so right. from me. So what I'm telling you is you don't know how many of there that you have, but God pays close enough attention to you that he knows how many you have. He values you. God values you. And if you begin to learn from God about being like God, then you will learn to value people less people will annoy you, and more people you will see beyond the outside little bits, deeper into God sees them for who they are. God sees them not for their circumstances, because in school, people get picked on oftentimes because of their circumstances. Maybe nothing they can do. The home they're raised in, they don't have enough money, they don't have this. They don't do these types of things, whatever it is, right? So, those are the outside, shallow things that people look at. But God looks beyond those things and values you as a person, individually, independently. So much so that He counts the hairs on your head. He says, I know all about you, I know your deepest thoughts feelings, and all the things you do. So what that is, God says, I want you to talk to me about them. I already know them, but I want you to know you can trust me. And that's where God says that, right? He values you. And so Bobby, through losing his daughter, has really learned to value things. He's learned to value other people. So Odo, when Bruchko walks right by him, and says, ah, he's gonna be annoying, Bobby says, no, 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 we're taking him with us. And pretty soon, Odo becomes just like a son to Bobby. And he's with them everywhere and he begins to help. Just a few weeks, he goes from a real annoying little kid to a pretty helpful kid and he grows up. And you will find Odo says some incredible things near the end of the book because of Bobby. Bobby has seen value. That's a godly approach to people, to see value in them. So don't let that part of the book pass you by. It's important, regardless of your relationship with people, regardless of what everybody else thinks about them, you need to see value in people. That will make you godly. It's called love, kindness, right? That makes you godlike. Okay, to value people. Very important part. And God values us very much. And so he says, you you value everyone else. Now, think about this. The language of the Moet Alone people is totally unwritten. They make noises and sounds, right? And there are probably some noises and sounds that don't sound like any letters in our alphabet. So how do you go from someone making noises and sounds that mean something into a written language for them that's consistent? Well, first of all, we know know that Bruchko was trained in linguistics and loved linguistics, so he understood a lot of root sounds and things that the humans, humans can make and may have implemented some of those things in there. But he has to start from scratch. People go and talk every day. He first of all had to get it so he could talk, right? He learned just like a kid would learn. But then he has to take that and translate it into something different so that everyone in that tribe can learn. And so that's what Brucho's there for. Brucho's not not there to be a great leader. God put him in shot him up with arrows, set him in there, gave him uh, hepatitis, came Thank near God. to death, all kinds of things. He, he almost was killed many times, Got, had to go through all this sickness in order to bring God's word to the people in a written form. And that is the important part of what is happening. So I'm going to read out of the Bruchko book. I've got an excerpt that I want to read here. How do you tell a primitive tribe about things like grace when they have no such word in, the, in their vocabulary? Sometimes I would try to adapt a Christian idea to the modal culture. I already had had success with the word faith. Remember how he ta- talked about faith? What did he say? What was it like? Hanging. Oh, tying your hammock ties to God. Tying your hammock ties to God, because that's how they get suspended, and they trust this thing to get up there and crawl in there and lay down. Okay? Which I had related to suspending your hammock from Christ. And the word incarnation, which I had related to the legend about the motalone. you remember? And the ants. When, they became, when he became an ant. The motalone became an ant. He was trying to help him. He scared all the ants, so he became an ant. And talked to these ants and said, I'm going to be this big Modalone, and I'm going to help you build a better house, right? Which was an understanding of the Modalones to say, that's what happens with Jesus. He came to earth. God came in the flesh to help us understand more about him. Okay. And then he went back and we need to trust him. If my new effort was a good one, Bobby would say so. So they're working on translating the book of Mark, right? Other times he would say, no, that's not right, Bruchko. Jesus is not like that. And I'd have to try again. He also filled me in on some aspects of the culture which I hadn't fully understood. The modal for instance, always use names that have meaning. There are no names like Kent or Kim or names that are names and nothing more. Okay. So some of you might have names that mean something and some of you might have names that don't necessarily mean anything. In our culture, you can pick the the name Bob or Harry or whatever you want and it doesn't have to mean anything. Like Harry Styles? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> all right? But in the loan culture, that is not at all what they ever do. They they describe people by their names or what they want them to be. And you remember they have a secret name as well, right, that no one else knows except one or two people that give it to them. My name technically translates to the word happiness. Oh, well, that's good. That's a good translation. So Bible characters had to be given names that made sense. Abraham became the man who knows God. John the Baptist became the announcer and the jungle dweller, right, because they're jungle people, not desert people, right? And Jesus became the only son of God with us. Every time a name had to be given, we spent long hours around the fire discussing the person uh, and what kind of name would be best for him. Often, other modalones would join us and would help with the decisions. Some parables didn't seem to fit the modalone culture either. For example, take the parable of a man who built his house on a rock so that it would be firm right we all understand rock is a good foundation right that makes it hard because if you build your house on the sand the water comes and washes it away but not if you're a motor it's opposite right because how do they build their houses in the sand and they stick the poles in the sand right and it's important because that holds the house together and they just sort of bend it together so a house that must be solid must be built on sand," he said. "That's not right, Bruchko. Uh, other, otherwise, the poles wouldn't go deep enough, and the house would fall apart. So we adjusted the parable. After all, Jesus had chosen it to clarify truth for his listeners. He wouldn't want the modalones wouldn't he want the modalones to understand also? So it's a very interesting thought to try to get across. While you translate the Bible, not only from writing a language, which they didn't have written, writing a language and then getting them to understand it and teaching them about it and translating things of the Bible. That's a lot to put together. All right. He does this though pretty well. And there's a lot of people involved in it. He keeps talking to them so he understands how it approaches them first and foremost. So why, 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 is Bruchko there? We covered it once. Why is Bruchko there? Because he felt that calling to, to to translate the Bible. To translate the Bible. Why is that important? Hmm. Why is that important? Let's go to Isaiah chapter number 55, Isaiah chapter 55, and we will see why it's important, God says it's important, and here is how God describes his words, Isaiah chapter 55, verse number 8, 9, 10, and 11. Wherever we are, where we leave off, is that you? I don't know, I don't know but I don't want. To work. Doesn't matter. That's fine. Isaiah 55: 8, 9, 10, and 11. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as many, for as the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but where is the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that, they, that it give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto the Lord. Which shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing I sent it. Okay, so the first thing God says is, first of all, the way I think is not the way you think as a human. You think you understand me, and what I'm telling you is that if you think you understand me, my thoughts. Are in a totally different place and if you follow God for long enough in your life you will begin to understand that he doesn't do the same thing twice he doesn't go down the same track you can't say God do you do this for me that's not how it works does you God say even to begin with? sure he does in fact that is much of his being as his thoughts Right? It's an important part of who we are, our thoughts. Because without our thoughts, what are we? Lump of flesh, right? We're a lump of flesh without our thoughts. It's nothing, we're just a physical body, which means nothing. But our thoughts are the main piece of who we are. Same thing with God. God's thoughts and his understanding are in a very important part of him. And so he wants to get those thoughts to us. And instead of us saying, yeah, 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 I got it already. I know just what you need. The best thing is to say, shut up and listen to what you have to say. God has important things to say. If you think that you already know all the things that you have heard, and you've heard all the stories, you know all those things, then you're in the wrong place in, in, in your understanding. People have studied and worked in the Bible, and worked their entire lives to follow after God and the Bible in its is a living document and the Spirit of God comes and opens it to you as he allows you to understand his thoughts so the Bible is not any old book it's a living document because of the Spirit of God so he expects that's what he first says my thoughts are not your thoughts Mine are much higher than yours, he says. I don't think like you. When I do something, he says, it's like the water. So tell me about the water cycle. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh. You know about that. The water and the, like, the land. The Let's start the here. Liberation. You don't like that? No, um, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's start the cloud. What happens in the cloud? It rains. It rains. It rains. It rains. And then it rains. It's actually, okay. It's <laughs> okay. With oh. goes in you, it's you can start it in anywhere. It's a so circle. it's a circle. Yeah. So we're raining out of the clouds. From the clouds, where does it go? to I'm the water of the bodies of water. Goes in the ground, right? And then goes down it to the evaporates. And then it goes to the bodies of water, which is 100%. maybe rivers, maybe lakes, right? Oceans. Goes down and out to the ocean. And That's the ocean, okay? It evaporates Resulting in condensation, making a new cloud causing it to start all over repeatedly. But the first cloud wouldn't exist. Isn't that nice? <laughs> I like it. Let's okay. like a cloud that farted. No, you're not seeing the arrows. It's going in to the no, cloud. It's really good. Okay, so. <laughs> I, think I think it's exactly better than one you've ever drawn. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I've never really Maybe. maybe. <laughs> all right. Wrong. So you understand what happens except you missed a whole bunch. Yeah. No, I understand all of it. You missed a bunch. There's uh, there's also a type of evaporation <coughs> specifically from trees. Yes, there is. That's great. What? So we missed something oh. right along the way cuz along the riverside but it's not it's not as common as the regular. Trees. Oh, it's happening every day. Look at that. That's our tree. Mm-hmm. With a hole in the middle. Uh, not to mention there's plan. runoff, but yeah. like an owl Not all, all right. the water Fine. goes in so, the ground. No, not all the water goes in the ground. But, why do we have this evaporation cycle? So that we can have clouds. So the water can be clean. So the water, well, can be clean and can get to the plants. Oh, and, yeah. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Because that is the main source of water that we have. To get to these plants in order to grow them you got to have water to them and yes then they what do they respirate out right yeah, and some of that goes up into the clouds as well i think the one from the chase them like transpiration transpiration right? that's right you're right you're right so the idea is this yes this cycle is happening but along the way it's, it's it has little pit stops yes it is feeding things that's what you read in the verse, that's what you read in the verse, right? In verse number 10, for as the rain cometh down, ooh, the water cycle, and the snow from heaven returneth not thither, it does not go bright back straight up, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud that which may seed to the sower and bring bread to the eater. So the whole point is this, yes, This cycle happens, but we, because this cycle happens, it returns back. It's actually giving fruit. Trees are growing fruit, plants are growing, and they're growing uh, wheat and all sorts of different things, right? Everything, lots of things we eat, and not only what we eat, but what if we eat an animal, they had to eat the stuff as well, right? Unless the animal just didn't eat it and it starved itself to death like the trilobite did. But that it'd be dead, <laughs> right? Then it'd exactly. be dead, so we're not gonna eat it. So, oh, wait, it but either, even if it, cook it so even I- if it eats a meat eater, if we eat a meat-eater, that meat-eater ate other things that ate plants, okay, or, or plants directly, okay? Or it ate something that ate other animals that ate other animals, like, or right. it ate right. something that ate eggs. Like Either grass. way, it all came back down to that water that came from the rain, okay? Either way, God's blessings and God grows things through this water. Now, you all just have the water cycle. Yay. But that's not what we're talking about. What we're really talking about is God's word. And that's what he says. My word is like this rain or this snow, right? My word is this. And I send it down upon the earth and it spreads out and wherever it touches, just like the water, wherever the water gets to the plants, it grows. Now it looks like an egg with a fist popping out of it. Alright, wherever it grows the more water there is the bigger stuff grows. So we went to back a couple years ago we went to see redwood trees. How big are the redwood trees? Oh, 200 feet tall. <laughs> Three, 385 feet tall. Many of them. Oh, That's four times time. the but height of the steeple. It's like a thousand feet. It was like 300 feet across. It's really huge. Scary. There are trees that. that are wider than this room. And we went we went out there. That's just how how wide they are. And there's a tree in They're incredible. You've never seen anything like it. But why are they like that? Um, Because they are. <laughs> no, <laughs> not that. Uh, 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 it's really uh, space around uh, them, doesn't it? There's lots of trees. The tree grows tall, but there's <laughs> not many trees. The tree grows wide. True, but these are giant in all ways. And I'll tell you why they do this. They are actually, they are part of a rainforest. And here, what happens is, on the west coast of the ocean, we get these breezes and there's a strip of land through Washington and Oregon into Northern California where all the water rains here and mists here all the time. You get to here, what's out here guys? We drove through there. Is it nice and wet once you get past the do you remember driving through Sagebrush for 10 hours? Oh yeah, that was that, was, that bad. was bad. It's a desert, right? Because the rain it's stops. Bad. So wow. here is a huge huge strip of green lush things including the redwoods which have been growing there some of them for 3000 years, okay? And they grow and grow and grow and keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger because they're fed water all the time. And it's constantly moist and constantly wet, so they are very healthy. Same thing with God's word. As God's word comes more and more and more into your life, it feeds you, and you grow and grow and grow. So as the modalones get God's word fed into them, they begin to grow. And Bruchko isn't doing any of this really. It's all God teaching them how to give medicine to people, teaching them how to care for people, teaching them to do things that were just not even their normal culture. And I don't mean that they don't go and hunt still and they don't do their same uh, ceremonies and things like that. They just are nicer people because God is changing them through his word. And that's what that says in that last verse. His word shall not return void. What's void mean? empty. Empty when God's word goes out, it does not come back empty. Fruit grows from it. And the more God's word goes out, the healthier people are, the better people are, the more ways they grow, the closer they become to God, and so on and so forth. And it continues to go back. And so that is what Bruchko is doing, is God's word into this tribe. It's the most important God says, not me, God says it is the most important thing you can ever do in your life learn that book be in that book learn about God from that book because it is God's truth okay? the Bible is God's truth you can throw away the rest of the books in the world not that I'm telling you you should necessarily but that book has truth in it and it is living unlike any other book so God's word does not return void. It grows things from it. Good things. Healthy things. Okay? All right. So they begin to learn about things. And the little kids start to learn the language. And then about a month later, because these little kids are learning this written language, the old men come and say, stop it. Why? Why? because they don't know it they don't know it they don't want to learn the language without the old men knowing they said we should know it too Mm -hmm. and so Bruchko and Bobby stopped teaching the kids directly only for a little bit for about a month until the adults catch up a little bit because the adults are all excited about it they want to do it and they don't want just the kids to learn they want to be able to pass these things down to their children And that's a good way for culture to work, is you learn something, you learn wisdom, you learn about God's word, and you pass the wisdom down to your children. You teach them, you talk to them. It's supposed to happen all the time in your life. There's a verse in the Bible, just thinking of it right this moment, uh, that says you should teach God's word to your children when they're lying down, when they're standing up, when you're walking, when you're sitting, all over the place. All throughout your life it should be part of who you are you should talk about things you don't have to necessarily well in Isaiah it says blah blah blah," but you bring God's Word into it okay so the more you learn this might seem like a very strange thing that we put emphasis on Tuesday night in our church not every church has Bible studies but we believe And God says it right there that when you put God's word into people's lives, those things make the change. You can have a great leader, but without God's word, there's nothing. You can just put God's word into places, and it will not come back empty. So understand it is why this church exists. Not to have fun, not to do all those other things, is to get God's word into people's lives. Now, we have lots of fun along the way. We do lots of different things. We learn all those different things. But we care about your soul, and we care about your connection with God, your personal connection with God. So here's Bruchko in the middle of this tribe that shoots him with arrows, and he goes back in and says, I want you to learn this. I know about this God, and I want you to learn about this God, but I want you to get it in your own culture. I don't want to change you, I want God to teach you about it. So his main goal is to teach that. Alright. So, from the guy, here is the guy, right? Do you remember what the prophecy was? Oh, it's a banana tree. It's a banana tree. Like peeling it. Right. They peeled the banana tree, they hit that banana tree, and they there was a prophecy that said, a guy with yellow hair is gonna come and teach you. From a banana tree about God. And this, yep, when they cut open the banana stalk, there was all the little tiny leaves inside that were just growing out, and it looked like pages of a book. And he realized, I am here for this and this alone, bringing God's word to people. And so right from the banana leaves, right, they'd never seen a book in their life. It doesn't mean anything to them. They tried to eat it. They tried to eat it, right? They grabbed it from his hands. If God's in there, I want it. And he ate it. Like, well, you're not understanding, right? Because everything for them, all satisfaction for them is about their stomachs. After they eat and they have a good meal, they sit down and go, oh, that was so good. That's what you do as a modal. Because that's like a compliment of saying, my compliments to the chef. Great job. Thank you very much. They rub their stomachs, right? We just ate a big monkey, right? <laughs> and that's what they ate. Lots of monkeys and a lot of other things. So, so it is important to know. And they all begin to learn, and they all begin to grow. All right. So he also begins to uh, introduce the Modalones to the outside world a little bit more and the world was coming in anyways. And what did the Modolones do to all the people that came into their territory? Killed. Killed them, shot them with arrows, right? But there are not all bad people out there. And so he connects them with medicine and he connects them with things that can help them, but they struggle and they have trials. As he goes to the outside world, he spends many times, many hours, many days walking the paths back and forth to go out to the nearest town, which is days away, days of a walk away. He goes out to the nearest town to get some medicine. This time, the Mololones need medicine badly, and he's on his way out. And I want to read what happens to him. To the right page here for me at least one precious thing came from contact with the outside world Gloria a Gloria is a new character introduced her brother a lieutenant in the Colombian army was in charge of a military outpost in Taibu. and that's the nearest town with a hospital a husky tall fellow he was interested in the jungle though he'd never spent time there When he got vacation, he planned to go as far into the jungle as he could. I had met him several times in Taibu and tried to discourage him. He seemed to think that the jungle was some kind of lovely state park that you picnic in. It wasn't easy to convince him otherwise. I met Gloria, his sister, in 1965 after a particularly hard trip out of Taibu. Because I was in a hurry to get medicine for the motolones, I didn't stop to hunt for food. And on the whole trip, I, hadn't, I didn't see anything that I could eat. I just kept going. Nor did I get much water to drink. It was a mistake. I began to feel very weak. On the third night on the trail, so he hadn't, had, he hadn't eaten or drank in three days. He just kept walking. On the third night on the trail, I was so exhausted I had to stop early. I knew I needed food, but I couldn't even get up to look for any. I fell into a fitful sleep. I dreamed about the jungle. It was beautiful and green and filled with butterflies. One flew into my mouth and got stuck in my dream because its wings were wet. I could feel its wing, its beat its wings and struggle to get out. I half woke up. I was groggy. There's a butterfly in my mouth. How strange, I thought. I'd better take it out. I put my hand in my mouth and I did grab something. I started pulling it out, and then the more I pulled, the more came out. Then I really woke up. I could feel this thing struggling all the way out of my throat. When I got it out and looked at it, I felt sick to my stomach. It was an intestinal worm about 18 inches long. He had gotten so hungry He crawled up my throat looking for food. (laughs) So it is not uncommon for people in many parts of the world to have intestinal parasites. They don't have medicine. And when you live there, you get them. There's not much you can do about it. And so this intestinal worm eats some of his food every day lives inside of his intestines. Now that's a pretty gross thing, isn't it, right? That's pretty gross. And for him, that's a trial. He's gone three days to try to help these Motolones, and there he is because he hadn't eaten or drank for three days, he wakes up dreaming of these butterflies in his mouth and pulls out an 18-inch worm out of his mouth. Talk about gagging, right? It's gross. Right? Right? So he was there, and what does he, what do you think his reaction is? (laughs) (laughs) Well, here it is. From that experience, I learned always to eat something on the trail, if only to keep the parasites happy. He has learned to have patience, even in the midst of trial even when he's pulling an 18-inch worm out of his throat. That's a bit messed up. Because the trial is not as important to him as helping his friends. He has learned to have empathy and to value people more than himself. That's being like God. Pulling the worm out of his throat but as gross as it is. Parasites? Well, they're going to be in there. The next day, I took some time to hunt some food, and a few days later, I arrived in Taibu, feeling exhausted. There, I met Gloria. She was studying law in Bogota and had come down to visit her brother for a few days. Slender and pretty, she was wearing jeans and a leather jacket. Her black hair was tied into a ponytail. I didn't pay much attention to her since I was in a hurry to get back with the medicine. Her brother, however, hadn't give up, given up on the idea about seeing the jungle. He had five days furlough coming up, and wanted to make him, or wanted me, to take him and Gloria with me. I was eating a meal with them when he popped the question. I looked over at Gloria; she was looking down at her plate. I don't think you understand," I said. "The jungle's not a picnic ground." Gloria's head shot up. I do understand, she said. Whatever gave you the idea, you were the only one that could survive in the jungle. I sputtered at that. The jungle's no place for women. You wouldn't last two days on the trail. Try me, she said. I got a little angry. All right, I said. You can come as long as you keep up, but I don't have time to play nursemaid. If you don't keep up, you go back by yourselves. The next morning, we were getting ready to leave. I realized it was foolish to try to take them back to the Modalone home I had come from. So instead, I took them to the Modalone home nearest Taibu. It was a two-day trip by boat. And when I saw how game they were, I was ashamed of myself for not showing them how tough the jungle really could be. So here is the next thing that we need to understand is that Hardships are going to come. Let's go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse number 1 through 5. Verse 1 through 5. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace, glory, we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience, experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So there is a natural progression of learning under God. And that this talks about it. You start with trials, tribulations, hard things in your life. Pulling the worms out of your mouth kind of thing, right? But those hardships, along with being shot by arrows and starving to death and having all the things that he had along the way, did not make him angry. He learned, although he was angry at points along the way and impatient with the whole thing, eventually, tribulation trials worked patience in his life. He began to be patient during trials to learn to wait, not to learn to ah, this is so terrible and I'm so frustrated because it doesn't get you anywhere. But as you learn to work in God's work, you get patience from trials. And from patience, as you are patient with other people around and patient in your trials and the hard times you have, you gain experience. And from experience, as you walk through time and time again, you get hope, right? And hope is the basis of understanding that God is in control, regardless of how how hard life is. God is in control. So he has learned patience and he's learned experience and then he's learned hope. He's going to need it. Because some of his hardest times are yet to come. We're coming near the end of the book, but he's got very difficult times, along with very good times ahead, but very difficult times ahead. So we will see things that pop up for him. I want to read a little bit more here um, in what's happening. As we see, just to finish out before we end tonight we reached the communal home on a fishing day the dams okay that's this is gloria and her brother the dams already have been built remember when they were fishing what did they do they built dams they took spears, and the men went out and speared the fish, right? And the women caught them all in the. They they built these upper dams and lower dams, and then they were able to get the fish. All right, the men were beginning to spear the fish, charging up and down the river, yelling and splashing. Gloria wanted to join them. I had to laugh. I got her a spear. She went into the water up to her waist and walked down river peering beneath the surface like a pro. Half an hour later she came back dripping wet smiling with a big fish dangling from her spear. The Motalones loved her for it. No other women had ever gone fishing, let alone speared a large fish. That night we sat around the fireside in the communal home and told stories about the Motalones. One of the Motalone women came up to Gloria and felt her long hair and complimented her on it, and she smiled and said, Are you Bruchko's wife? I blushed, and Gloria wanted to know what she had asked. I said she'd asked whether she was a young woman. It was all I could think of. It's obvious that I'm a young woman, Gloria, re- Gloria replied, laughing. What did you? What did she really ask? I blushed again and refused to tell her, but the two of them teased me until I did. She wanted to know whether you are my wife. She looked at her brother. They smiled. Yeah, she said. It was a wonderful week. Gloria helped the women weave and do all their work. She was infatuated with the modalone way of life, and the modalones loved her. When the week was up, Gloria stood up in the middle of the clearing, swung her arm all around, indicating all of it. What can I do? She asked. What do you mean? I mean, what can I do? How can I help? I didn't take her seriously. Everyone wants to help. You can study to be a doctor, I said flippantly, and come in and help with health facilities. I didn't see her again for five years, and I must say I had quite thoroughly forgotten her. We had written a few letters, then largely because of me, they had ended. In 1970, I was in Bogota, walking down one of the busy streets, when someone poked me in my back. I turned around, and it was Gloria. "'She was the same girl I remembered, but she looked older, more mature. "'Where have you been?' she asked with a teasing smile. "'In the jungle,' I said. "'Why didn't you write me?' "'Who has time to write? I've been busy. Nobody's that busy.' "'We started down the street, and I asked her how her law studies were going. "'She stopped and nearly cried. "'What's the matter?' I asked, thinking maybe she had flunked out of law school and was ashamed. I'm in medical school now, she said. You told me that if I wanted to help the modal loans, I should go to medical school. I quit law school. I could barely remember having told her. That advice had been so casual, but I suddenly realized that she was serious about helping the modal loans. Gloria was going to graduate school from medical school, and in Colombia, young doctors have to give one year of free medical service in the rural regions. I knew the Minister of Health in Colombia, and I asked him if there was a way that Gloria could serve for a year in Tabú at a small home that had been established there for the moto loans, who needed more medical attention than they could get from the health centers and the communal homes. I'm sorry, Bruce, he said. There's no possibility that we could send a single woman there. It's just too rough an area. I stood for a second. It seemed as though the air around me and the cars on the streets and even the world stood still. It was quite a moment. Then I knew, and it was easy to say it. That won't be a problem. We're gonna get married. I think I was more surprised to hear it myself say those words than she was later when I asked her. And so, He's like, that's what we're going to do, right? God provides, even though he lives in a jungle with a bunch of motel Indians, God's going to provide. He's going to do great, great things, but watch out because there is much more hardship to come. All right? So next week, chapter 22, Almost Wiped Out. Okay, read. You can read through the end of the book. Maybe we'll get through the end. um, But we'll talk about it next week. Thank you very much. Bye. I will see you on Friday. Or tomorrow. Or tomorrow.